Mission 2, San Jose Avenue. From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Hello, Heather Knight. Welcome to Total SF. And a fan just came by. That was so exciting. Yeah, that was super exciting. Because we're on Page Street, um, which we'll talk about later, in front of wishy-washy laundromat and cleaners with uh, a couple folding chairs and uh, just recording a podcast. (laughs) As you do. So we're going to talk about Page Street, the street we are on, the slow street we are on. Still a slow street, I think. Um, we are going to pick some of our favorite experiences since the city is reopened. It's going to be a draft, so it's going to be positive things, but we'll also um, be trying to block each other, and it'll get a little passive-aggressive. But um, first I wanted to talk about the least passive-aggressive subject I can think of, which is our last Total SF movie night. Yes, um, last week we hosted lots and lots of people at uh, the Balboa Theater to watch San Andreas. I was a little doubtful because you picked it, and, well, we won't get into that, but sometimes I have issues with the movies that you picked. But it was really good. I really liked it. So good choice. I love The Rock. I hope that, um, you know, decades from now, when we have another earthquake, he comes and saves us in yeah. a and rides up a tsunami under the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. First of all, apology accepted. <laughs> um, it was a good movie. I didn't know either. Um, the best movies we've had, I think, have been like The Rock and Sister Act, when people can just go and have a good time. And maybe it's not the perfect movie, but it's the perfect movie experience with other people. And I thought San Andreas would be that. It was like that kind of tone. We're also coming out of a pandemic, and we're showing a movie with an earthquake that destroys the city and then a tidal wave that basically covers what's left. So I was so excited that the crowd got into it. Um, So excited that people came out to the parklet, 57 degree weather. I didn't think anybody was gonna show up. Poor Adam set up selling cold beer and merchandise. People showed up, it was a party. I thought it was a great return to live events for us. So shout out to Val Lupiz, the cable car bell ringer who performed before the show. And he drove all the way in from Contra Costa County on his day off. And not only that, but the folks at the cable car barn during the pandemic have lost the wooden stand that holds the cable car bell when it's not attached to a cable car. And so he jerry-rigged a bell onto this ladder that the Balboa had with these bungee cords. It was very precarious, but nobody (laughs) died. So it was a very good time. And um, if you have seen the cable car bell stand, please turn it in. Uh, It is a weird thing to lose, (laughs) and it's a weird thing to have. Um, And they're going to need it because they're coming back. Cable cars are coming back. And our movies will come back, too. If you have a suggestion for a movie, let us know, because we're going to get back to the Balboa as soon as we can. Also wanted to um, remind everybody that our summer read for Total SF Book Club is The End of the Golden Gate, stories from 25 writers from the city about why they stayed or left San Francisco. We'll be um, chatting with Daniel Handler, a.k.a. Lemony Snicket, and Gary Camilla on August 24th. It's hosted by the library, so go on their events page and sign up. So we're going to talk a little bit about Page Street coming up. Who knew Page Street was so loud? I thought we were on a slow street that was supposed to be quiet. <laughs> we basically had to pause 10 times in this intro because of really loud trucks. Yeah, we're just going to let the trucks go by from now on and, uh, and, and extend our apologies. But we're going to talk a little bit about Page Street. We're going to have our draft. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight, and this is Total SF.
much. So, Heather, I get this text from you yesterday. Did you hear about Page Street? And I'm like, no, (laughs) no, what's happening with Page Street? And um, I got on Twitter and people are pulling down signs. They're setting up new pillars that are super white and indistinct. What's going on with Page Street? Yeah, so Page Street has been one of the city's most popular slow streets during the pandemic. it has been blocked to through traffic so that um, people had space to walk and jog and scoot and roller skate and stay socially distanced. But it really became a community gathering place. Um, I wrote about cello concerts that were happening on the street. Um, there's been block parties and lots of gatherings. But the best part, in my opinion, was all the public art that popped up. Like every intersection um, to remind cars not to drive through had this just amazing, quirky, unique uh, public art. Um, There was a giant heart, there was um, planter boxes, flowers, um, lots of really creative stuff. There was a a table set up with chairs for a little in the middle of the street cafe and it was just super San Francisco, super popular. So of course it could not stand and the other day uh, Muni came out and took all of that cool public art off the street moved it to the sidewalk. We can see some of it where we're sitting right now, just kind of left on the side of the road. Um, They are putting up some more, some different bollards or blockers or whatever you want to call it to better distinguish that this is a slow street and worn cars. But apparently another major factor is that the fire department didn't like the public art and they ordered it moved off the street because they're worried that fire trucks um, couldn't get through in an emergency. But in my opinion, um, blocking cars from the street is the best way to allow fire trucks to get through, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I don't understand why, and, and this has just been a common theme, I don't understand why San Francisco just has to be the villain in an 80s, <laughs> in an 80s breakdancing movie, like in every situation. I mean, it is, if I could point to just the most positive things that have happened, it's been the Page Street Slow Street. Yeah. And from what I understand, everybody on Page Street wants this. Um, I've been here. I don't see, you know, any evidence that it's any kind of change for the fire department. And, you know, I, I have conspiracy theories. I don't know why this is their priority. I don't know why you can shut down downtown to Dreamforce or something like that. Shut down and, like, build a fake forest there and have people so crowded no one can get around or get around in their cars. But Page Street, which is a slow street that anybody can get up and down with just about any size vehicle, is suddenly this threat. And then these signs come out. I don't know who who writes these signs, but it's like they went to a class to be an 80s breakdancing villain (laughs) and write the coldest, like, you know, in terms of communication, gives no solace to anybody who is worried about the signage and the art and all the great things going on here. I mean, as I read more and more and Jeffrey Tumlin went and and clarified, and I'm sympathetic to him because I know he's getting a lot of calls from the fire department. And then there's people like us who have strong opinions. And I think he's trying to be pragmatic about it. But it, it just seems like the messaging is so poor on all of this. And it's good things that are going on in a city that 
is changing too slowly in my opinion and it's just one more example and the fact that it's page street like who doesn't love what's going on on page street yeah i mean we're sitting here now and you can't even tell that there was anything special about it it just looks like any other boring slow street and we've seen so many cars and trucks go past it's almost like it's not even a slow street anymore even though it technically is but um muni did say that they're going to discuss you know um compromises with the fire department and figure this out it's not that this art so far can never be put back but um it's kind of tbd but with all the examples like this of the silver linings that we love so much it just seems like one by one they're getting knocked down twin peaks was reopened to cars jfk is still this huge fight the great highway is a huge fight like nothing is secure and now not even the lovely art that everybody loved is secure so you mentioned it we've seen cars going past here i think a giant rainbow made by a family with like glitter and sparkles on it is a better sign that this is a street that's a little bit different than these like four pillars that we're seeing (laughs) right now yeah I think we're going to look back and, you know, with climate change, with other ways that cities are going to have to rapidly change, I think we're going to look back and it's going to be really clear that these changes during the pandemic, whether it's the slow streets, car-free JFK, um, that, you know, it, should, it was obvious that these, these were good things and part of the future, not something to be destroyed in the present. Yeah. But for now, you can go to the Great Highway and see that lovely rainbow heart that was moved by bicyclists last night at sunset. So good job, guys. You preserved the heart. Yeah. And uh, we actually, there's some art even by the side of the road here. I see a little, right in back of me, there's a little planner that's like, I love slow streets. (laughs) It used to be out in the street. And uh, anyway, it sounds like they didn't destroy any of the yard. Hopefully, they'll have those meetings and bring it back and there will be some pretty stuff by these super boring white uh, pillars that everybody is ignoring. I actually brought markers, Heather. Mm-hmm. Do you want to, like, as we do our draft, do you want to just draw something? I'm sure. figuring we can post it up, some Crayola markers here. <laughs> um, it's like summer camp. Um, so why don't you lead us into our draft while I'm preparing? Um, so... Uh, San Francisco and California reopened on June 15th, so we're about five, six weeks into the summer of somewhat normalcy, although things are not looking great in some parts of the country and the world, but um, here things are still looking pretty good, but everybody get vaxxed if you haven't. Um, So anyway, we are going to talk about our favorite experiences since the city reopened and we're going to do a draft so if i say something that you were thinking of then you can't say it okay and uh and i will be totally outraged if you do it (laughs) um despite that i'm i'm going to uh let you go first um and uh i'm gonna hide my little piece of paper with stuff that i've written on it okay well um a couple of weeks ago the aforementioned cable car gripman Valu Pease um, told me he was going to be back on his cable car. Um, they're getting recertified now. The operators have to prove they remember how to run a cable car. So they're out training and um, and he said, come hop aboard. We got permission to pick people up so you should join me. So I met up with him at the um, Powell turnaround and rode the whole loop and it was super fun. It just felt like old times with the beautiful views of the Transamerica Pyramid and um, 
the clanging bell and he was picking up anybody who wanted to like his bosses said he could so these tourists were getting on and they were hilarious they were shocked that it was cold and foggy here and totally unprepared but um did they realize they had like won the lottery getting on like <laughs> no, the only really. <laughs> cable car in 16 months and then um again muni being muni um tweeted nobody can pick up passengers <laughs> you don't have permission so um, everybody had to get off, and um, and people cannot ride them until the beginning of August. The good news is that it'll be free rides all of August, so I'm going to be riding a cable car like as much as possible. And we should record an episode on a cable car, Peter. I think that would be amazing. Uh, I think we should, and, and we did the boat tram, and that was a super fun episode, and we got a lot of voices in there, mm-hmm. and a lot of, uh, it takes me like five times as long to uh, edit and produce it, but it's worth it, yeah. and um, yeah, so I'm glad he got to ride the cable car. But. Well, I just also um, have loved seeing the F cars run again. They were back in May, um, and people who follow me on Twitter know I'm a little obsessed, and whenever I'm on Market Street, I try to take as many pictures of them as possible, because they think they're they're beautiful and so classically San Francisco but even just riding the bus has been fun even riding BART has been fun I'm all about the public transit right now yeah I I am too that's a good one that was on my list you did not get my number one and uh, I'm gonna give my number one but could you trade me a purple marker for a red marker as I'm making my page street art (laughs) we'll be right back after this short break My number one is, um, and this was such a return for me. I took a couple weeks off a few weeks ago, um, headed into San Francisco and just wanted to do kind of a San Francisco tourist in your own town day. Molinari sandwich, I ate it in Washington Square uh, with the church there. And then I headed over to Musée Mécanique and had absolutely the best time, $10 and quarters. Um, I was just walking around and playing video games, laughing Sal, doing all this stuff. But the thing that I totally loved more than ever was the coin-operated mechanical musical instruments. Have you seen these? They have no. like they have like player pianos, but they're player pianos that also have drums. horns and like they it's like a one-man band as a player piano from like early 20th century late 19th century I don't know I should do the research they are so awesome I sat there and I was just walking around Musée Mécanique dropping quarters in these things so there was no point when anybody walked in that it didn't sound like like Playland at the Beach or Sutro Baths from a hundred years ago um I used to go there and like kind of the video games maybe the more newer video games that I grew up with and now I'm looking there and going like this is history we have this awesome place that collects all the entertainment history from the last hundred years anywhere else it'd be in a museum and you'd be lucky to even hear it much less be able to interact with it and you can just walk around this place and drop two quarters in and hear you know I don't know what they were playing uh, lady in red from, from <laughs> and, and not the Lionel Richie one the older lady in red from like you know early early 20th century or late 19th century it was awesome I had such a good day I saw Dan Zielinski on his roller skates um, so Musée Mécanique is like 
that's right up there um, with, with, with the things that have made me feel good and feel like we're back. That's a great pick. I'm eager to go back there. Um, so a friend of mine had a birthday the other day, and um, she said, can you help me think of something fun we can do for my birthday? And I channeled my inner eight-year-old and said, let's go roller skating. So um, we went to the Church of Eight Wheels, which is actually not far from where we are now in the Fillmore. And um, a lovely church with stained glass windows was converted into a roller skating rink, which is the most San Francisco thing ever. I was a little bit um, nervous because I hadn't been on roller skates in several years, and I've never been very good at it even at the best of times, as you saw on the Great Highway when I lasted about 30 seconds. And we heard the London Breed story. Yes. Who she bit it at Church of Eight Wheels, yes. and then uh, that became a controversy. Yeah. So um, since the last time I went, now they have um, these bright orange skates that you can rent that say Church of Eight Wheels, and the wheels like flash and light up in different rainbow colors what? as you skate, and so it's really cool. And guess who is the DJ? Oh, my God. Um, I don't know. David Miles Jr. David Miles Jr. Okay, that would have been my first guess. I was looking for, a, for like, a second guess. No. You know. He was there with one of his classic top hats and um, took some pictures with him. He, he says he wants to be back in the Chronicle and on our podcast because we helped make him even more famous. Oh, um, good. <laughs> so it was fun to talk to him. And he said that um, he's optimistic about JFK, where his skating place is, because every time JFK has expanded or tried something since he arrived in 1979 in terms of closing the cars, it has been made permanent. So he's hopeful um, that everything will go well there. Let's not have any more 80s breakdancing villains on the scene. No, definitely not. Um, awesome. I, I need to get back there. And um, I have roller skates that I ordered two and a half months ago. Oh, that yeah. Still haven't arrived. That I, you violated the. Um, I know, I did. I small violated our challenge. small business. Well, they haven't arrived yet, so I don't think I violated anything. But um, anyway, when those arrive, I'm going to be like a skating fool in San Francisco. <laughs> so be ready for that. Okay. My number two, no surprise, is movie theaters. Yeah. Um, womb-like experience for me. As <laughs> where I you de- take your naps. <laughs> where I take my naps. As I described in previous episodes, it's where I feel safe and I feel all the good things I felt when I was a kid. I feel possibility when I'm sitting in a movie theater. Um, I hear people talking like Black Widow. You know, a lot of people saw it on Disney Plus, they paid their 30 bucks or whatever and didn't go to the theater. I don't know why. I mean, going to a theater and being around people and having them cheer and having them react, getting all that uh, movie theater food, which it is a sin, Heather, to sneak food into an independent movie theater. Um, What you do in your your, uh, multiplex is between you and your God. But... um, (laughs) But no, I, I just I just absolutely have loved every minute that I've spent in a theater since they came back. I've been going about twice as much. I wear my mask, you know. I mean, I sit away from people as much as I can. I'd still feel safer to me than a grocery store. And even as the numbers are going up a little bit, I'm going to still go to theaters. I try and pick times where people aren't around. But um, theaters is my number two. Nice. Um, I have enjoyed going back to restaurants. I'm not doing it a ton still, but um, I love eating out and sometimes in parklets, sometimes inside. 
but um, my family and I had a great day a few Sundays ago. Actually, it was on the 4th of July. We went to um, Chinatown, and Grant Street is still closed to cars and, on weekends, and it is just so fun to be there. Um, we saw lion dancers who were awesome. They um, were performing and would come up and kind of shake hands with kids and t pose for pictures and um, singers, dancers, just lots of awesomeness um, in the street. But it was fun to be able to pop into the shops and ha have a good lunch too inside and not be too stressed about it. Um, so Chinatown is back and um, always a great place to visit and now you can go inside and enjoy even more of it. Did you buy anything good? I bought a really cool bag that has a map of San Francisco on it. Oh, super cool. Yeah. I should have brought, brought it today. should have brought it today. It's very Total SF. Yeah. It, it would have gone well on our uh, Page Street um, excursion with Wishy Washy Laundromat. <laughs> that's just stuck in my head. I think that's such a great name. Yes. Can I get Purple back, the mm -hmm. pen? You're not showing me your drawing, so it must be really, really good. Uh, yeah, right. No, you're, you're competitive that way. I think your drawing's <laughs> going to be awesome. My number three, and this is going to mean very little to people who don't work at the Chronicle, but uh, maybe you have a favorite coffee shop or a coffee shop that you depend on during your work day. And mine is the Java Trading Company, run by Joe and Fee. They are um, the in-house cafe at the Chronicle. They have been gone for most of the pandemic, came back for like two weeks. I ordered one BLT with them and then they were gone again for a while. I didn't know if they were gonna come back. Um, Joe and Fee are like the two nicest people at the Chronicle. They are the most uncontroversial thing <laughs> in the newsroom. They know everybody's name and everybody's order going back like 25 years. Did you know Fee who has worked at the Chronicle since uh, 1995, which is amazing because she looks like she's, she doesn't like, age. she's like 30. She's like the Dick Clark of, of coffee shop. Workers. Yes, uh, definitely. And she know she knows what Herb Cain's order was. Yeah, that's crazy. It was a um, latte, iced latte with like a splash of vanilla extract or whatever. That is a Herb Cain. I want to know how they have such a good memory. I want their secret. I don't know. They're just awesome people. So our in-house cafe, Java Trading Company, it is open to the public. So you can just go to, it's actually on 5th Street at 5th and Mission. You can walk in and pick your favorite Chronicle reporter or editor from the last 20 years. Go in and ask for like a Kim Severson special or like a Leah Garchik special. And they will deliver you what Leah Garchik would order in 2005 or something. Oh my God. <laughs> so, um, Joe and Fee, that's mine. Love it. My last choice is something I have not yet done, but when people listen to this, I will have. Um, tonight, Thursday night, I am going to the Oasis for the first time. We were what? there um, on the roof several months ago to record a podcast with Darcy Drollinger when they were having their financial. Um, difficulties and we're about to do their big fundraising night and they raised tons of money they survived and they're back and open and tonight I'm going to see the opening night of the hand that rocks the Crawford um, <laughs> the um, I'm guessing that's Joan Crawford <laughs> yes the drag queen who plays Blanche at their annual um, Golden Girls Christmas show is going to play Joan Crawford um, and I know that it uh, relates to a bunch of those 
um, movies like Basic Instinct, That Hand the Rock, Rocks the Cradle, and Fatal Attraction. So I'm excited to see the, how exactly this script works, and it should be awesome. And I was told that Heclina is going to be there at the next table from where I am. So I'm really hoping I can get a picture with her. Heclina is uh, is. San Francisco, Dorothy. Dorothy on the Golden Girls, yes. and just absolute drag queen royalty. Yes. So I'm super excited. That's a great and one. And also they're requiring proof of vaccination, which I think is great. If you haven't gotten vaccinated by now and you're eligible, then maybe you shouldn't be allowed to see the hand that rocks the Crawford. You shouldn't. You should. There's enough people who want to see the hand that rocks the Crawford. <laughs> Honestly, I'm a little bummed out that I'm not going to hand that rocks the Crawford. <laughs> so I might just wait there and see if someone shows up, you know, without their mask and starts spouting nonsense. Yeah. My last one is the Exploratorium. Um, I have not been there since uh, the pandemic, and I have not been back, but I'm looking forward to going back. I think I'm going to go this weekend. And again, another one that I was just so glad to see it come back because a year ago, you know, I couldn't imagine the Exploratorium. It's so hands-on, it's so tight, it's so packed together that when the the pandemic first showed up, I'm like, oh God, Exploratorium's done. But that was the same time I was saying like, well, salad bars, we're never going to see a salad bar again. You know what? Whole Foods salad bars are open (laughs) right now. I mean, you know, it didn't transmit that way. Um, that to me is a part of my San Francisco childhood, a part of San Francisco history, a part of maker history. It's such a positive. Um, went there a lot as a teen after smoking marijuana. Uh, what? Yeah, I go there sober now, but I might check that up. It's legal. I can take an edible. <laughs> anyway, Exploratorium. Can't wait to get back. And I rode my bike by it and saw like that little one of those little light structures was was doing its thing and I I got so excited awesome I forgot one more I'm gonna do a PS okay so um I really thought going to a bar might feel weird for the first time but a friend of mine um and I went to the elixir a couple Fridays ago and it felt great um everybody was super chill and cool and they were serving a special drink that I decided was the official drink of our 49-mile makeover. What's which that? is the 49-mile rattlesnake. 49-mile rattlesnake? It sounds dangerous. I, ha- I had one or two. And, yeah, the next <laughs> morning wasn't the best. <laughs> Heather, Heather, was it one or two? <laughs> maybe <laughs> two. Maybe three. <laughs> maybe some wine also. What is in a 49-mile rattlesnake? Do you remember? Um, I, no, because this was after some wine. You, you had it after the wine, so you just, okay. I was just like, I like the name, let's do it. Okay, I'm going to get a 49-mile rattlesnake. I'm going to do an honorable mention, too, and it is not in San Francisco, but um, the Alameda Comedy Club has reopened, and um, I just had so much fun there. It, it I, Again, had laughter and tightly packed and... I just didn't think I was going to get to a comedy club anytime soon. It was something I couldn't imagine a year ago. And I saw Lori Kilmartin, who is a super old school San Francisco comic. She was like on Alex Bennett comedy tonight. I think I saw her in the nineties, early nineties. And, uh, she was really awesome. And it was her in a mix of like younger comics who I've kind of seen a little bit covering stuff around town. Had such a great time, you know, get to a comedy club, Again, it was masked, felt really safe, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I was glad I did it. Nice. Well, now I want to see your art. We've been secretly drawing as we do Well, this. my art's not done. I have to draw a little um, p- 
picture on the bottom Aww. and maybe a little rainbow. Page Street Art Forever. Page Street I Art like Forever. It. I'm going to go put it on the white column. <laughs> Let me see yours. Slow Street Art is total SF. Yours is so much better than mine. You have like hearts and oh my god. Mine looks like uh, this is awful. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> you win. You should not be. You win, Heather. Um, all right. Well, good one. Let's go get our art up on the ugly white columns and um, I'm glad we came out to Page Street. The loud, crowded Page Street. Much louder than I thought it would be. Too many damn cars. So let's get our art up there and maybe it'll slow things down again. Here come some bicyclists. Yay! Nature's returning. Talk to you later. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Heather Knight. Total SF is a production of the Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by treating yourself to a digital Chronicle edition at sfchronicle.com slash pod. <laughs>